your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Thomas Welch, and today we're going to be previewing this weekend's home opener against the Los Angeles Kings. So that should be a lot of fun. That's going to be most of the meat and potatoes of what we talk about today. But before we jump into all of that, I want to talk to you guys and thank you guys for making us your first listen of the day. Whether you're listening to us bright and early in the morning, whether you're listening to us late at night, uh, most of you guys do listen to us on your morning commute uh, with your cup of coffee uh, on the way to work. Whatever it might be, uh, I just want to thank you guys, all of you listeners, but particularly the people who wake up with us. So without further ado, uh, like I said, the Blues play the Los Angeles Kings on Saturday in the Blues home opener. Fantastic fashion. It's going to be nice to see um, all the fans packed into Enterprise once again. I feel like in years past we could kind of not really take lightly the Kings, but kind of last year and the year before, they've kind of been rebuilding and trying to figure out their identity and their system and how they run. But this year, uh, kind of looks like they're firing on all cylinders. Anze Kopitar is off to a very hot start, uh, one of the highest point getters in the league right now. And Drew Doughty is having a fantastic rebirth season too. So um, you can't take them too lightly. But what else you can't take too lightly is that Brandon Saad will not be in the mix and neither will Pavel Buchnevich. So like we talked about on the last episode, it's going to be it's gonna be difficult to see how the Blues kind of navigate without two of their big guns and both off-season acquisitions. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see too how they kind of fill out the penalty kill because those two guys uh, were notably studs on the penalty kill. And now they're not going to have them. So they're going to have to stay disciplined and stay out of the box. They've done a pretty good job of that thus far in this season. But instead of Brandon Saad on the first line, the Blues will be slotting in Clem Costin, uh, who already has two goals to his name in his early NHL career. But he's been playing fantastic hockey and not just the goals, but doing all the little things, dumping the pucks in, finding the open man, making the easy play. Um absolutely body bagging opponents when he needs to i mean this guy is an absolute wrecking ball and i think this this could be the emergence of him as an nhl player because kind of like we talk about with jake neighbors i think clem costin can fit in a fourth line role but he has the skill and the shot and uh, the hands and the capability to play in the top six as well so we're going to see his first instance in the top six on saturday under the bright lights uh it'll be just an absolute spectacle, really. But one of my favorite topics, and this is a good time to talk about it with the Los Angeles Kings, because they do have some young players on their teams, and uh, obviously the Blues <laughs> have Jake Neighbors and Clem Costin that are trying to prove themselves right now. But I do think one of the things I love about the NHL, especially in its essence right now, and uh, seeing Wayne Gretzky on the broadcast kind of brings you back to the old days when uh, the goalies didn't really play in the butterfly and it was a lot easier to score goals and uh, even though it was easier to score goals the main I felt like the majority of players uh, were hard-nosed physical enforcers kind of guys and if you weren't if you didn't fit that mold uh, you weren't going to make it in the league and although Clem Costin does fit that mold he also fits the new age hybrid of speed and all these undersized defensemen coming up that aren't going to put you in the first row through the glass uh, but they're going to break your ankles and dangle you all the way to the moon and I think um, 
for all intents and purposes, that makes a more interesting and entertaining product, right? And as, as much as, I mean, my dad tells me stories of uh, him sitting down at dinner with his brothers and having a hockey game on in the background, and all you would listen for from the announcer was, and there they go! And it, they'd all run to the living room and see who was fighting, and it was almost like a WWE event. And as, as entertaining as that sounds and as fun as that might have been, uh, in this day and age, especially with uh, concussion problems and all of the problems that players can face physically and mentally after the game is over, I think it benefits, just from an entertainment standpoint, I think it benefits the viewer to see these players have longer careers uh, and more highlight real goals. And I think it also benefits, obviously, the players to have a longer career, make more money, uh, get a deal like ESPN and um, see what they can do from there. And it's almost every season that we kind of, we're always on Calder watch, right? And I feel like that's not special from any other league because you're always going to be looking at rookies who are uh, standing out and fascinating and uh, are playing like they've been in the league for six or seven years. That's always exciting for anybody. But I think especially for the NHL with the influx of youth talent that they've had, I mean, some of these kids come in and are doing things that eight, nine-year veterans can't even possibly do or can't even think of doing or they can't even render the game that fast. So I think every time we look at rookie of the year race and other leagues, it's different from what we're looking at in the Calder because the Calder League is really the transition of what we can expect in the future and the skill level and the the speed with which these guys play is just absolutely remarkable, especially for their age. I mean, Jake Niebuhr's coming in 19 years old and in training camp, they said training camp last year, they said he fit right in. You didn't even notice that uh, he was such a young guy. He plays with an NHL presence. And I think that's part of the reason that we're seeing a nine game trial right now. So um, for for NHL coaches and NHL players to have such high praise for uh, young guys in any capacity, uh, I think is fantastic for the sport. And it's only going to help grow the sport more, especially now that it's on ESPN and they're actually pushing it and advertising it. Uh, the way that a big corporation like ESPN should. So with that being said, what I would like to push to you guys today is Built Bar because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar you've ever had and it's healthy too. And there are so many delicious flavors, coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors, and not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but like I said, they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein in every bar, calories ranging from 130 to only 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com when we come back we're going to continue previewing the blues home opener against the los angeles kings so don't go anywhere all right so looking at the rest of the lines obviously like i said clem costin is on the first line in the place of brandon sod so it's going to be costin o'reilly and perron up top then you go jordan Cairo, Braden shen and James Neal on the second line. Ivan Barbashev, Robert Thomas, and Tarasenko on the third line. Jake Neighbors, Bozak, and Clifford 
will be on the fourth line for the St. Louis Blues on opening night. So Kyle Clifford uh, makes his season debut. Barbashev will be on the third line, a little bit of Russian connection with Vladimir Tarasenko. Jordan Cairo is going to be on the same line as James Neal. Uh, I think that's something to look at because obviously Cairo is playing absolutely out of his mind, which I'm going to talk about Jordan Cairo for a second uh, because I didn't get a chance to when Josh ran the solo episode in the middle of the day while I was at work. Jordan Cairo is playing absolutely out of his mind right now, right? Obviously, last season, he was above a point per game. This season, he's above a point per game. By all means, last season was a good year for him, but I think everyone can agree that he kind of fizzled off toward the end of it. I think in Jordan Cairo's mind, he knows that as much as we've all noticed that. Uh, He seems like a guy that's going to not only watch the standings and uh, worry about how his team is performing, but uh, he's definitely going to look inwards at himself look at his stats and be like, what else can I do to help this team? And so my opinion, I think Jordan Cairo is wary that he fizzled out last season. And with this season being an elongated one, uh, that was a point of emphasis for him in his offseason training. So I'm expecting Cairo to be impressive even longer and hopefully for the entire season. But that being said, and this is a little bit more difficult to say now because Vladimir Tarasenko played so well against the Vegas Golden Knights. But at the time when Jordan Cairo scored that highlight real goal and had that four-point night, I think everyone was thinking it, but no one was going to say it out loud. So I'll be the first to say it out loud right now. Um, Jordan Cairo, at the bright young age of 23, 24 years old, whatever it might be, Uh, is going to be a superstar in this league. It might be this season. It might be next season. It might be the season after that. But there will be a season where he absolutely explodes, and we see this kind of production throughout the entire season. And I think when that happens, we're going to witness a player, a hockey player in St. Louis, a player for the St. Louis Blues that is better than Tarasenko. That's right. You heard me. I think Jordan Cairo is going to be a better hockey player than Vladimir Tarasenko. Now, I think there's a couple ways you can break this down, right? And that is to say, uh, maybe I'm being biased and I'm upset that Tarasenko requested a trade. And I think the last couple of years have kind of swayed me to this decision. You might be right there. I I will say I'm not biased that I'm, I don't hold anything against him for requesting that trade so I'm not biased in that regard I do think in terms of a recency bias um, I haven't seen the 2016 40 bomb Tarasenko in probably four or five years now so I will say that might play in part to it but even when Tarasenko was at his best it's it's difficult to compare the two and I think the main reason is that Vladimir Tarasenko plays with power right like he skates with power he doesn't he doesn't skate effortlessly and glide on the top of the ice. He's not uh, going around juking people out of their shoes. When he beats you, he's going to hold you off with one arm, keep one hand on the stick, and then plow his way to the crease and will that puck across the net. With Jordan Cairo, he doesn't have to work as hard. And I think that's kind of the biggest takeaway I take from both of these guys. Is obviously, they're both capable of putting the puck in the back of the net. 
they're both capable of setting up an assist and a brilliant playmaking play. Uh, and they're both capable of beating a defenseman. But when Jordan Cairo beats a defenseman, he's breaking ankles and he's gliding past him and he's leaving him in, his, in the dust, right? When Tarasenko beats a defenseman, it takes a lot more effort and energy, and uh, he's not going to beat them as clean, and it doesn't look as nice because he's not on a breakaway, but he's still going to score that goal because of his lethal shot. And so that's why I say it's so difficult to compare the two because Tarasenko takes a lot more energy uh, to do what he does on the ice, I feel like, than Jordan Cairo. Um, And so for that reason, I think there's a possibility that Jordan Cairo might have a longer career as well just because you're not putting your body through so much turmoil. I mean, Tarasenko's going to go out there and bang bodies and hit people too. And occasionally we've seen him drop the gloves and fight before, right? I don't think Jordan Cairo is that kind of player. Uh, I do think he's physical and he wants to get in those puck battles, but he's not going to light anybody up uh, and put him in a body bag. But I do get like, there is some bias here maybe because Jordan Cairo is a friend of the pod. If you haven't checked out the episode where we interviewed him, uh, definitely worth a listen. Hopefully we can get him on again soon. And I think there's definitely some bias here because obviously Tarasenko is one foot out the door and Jordan Cairo seems like he's here to stay for a long time. But Jordan Cairo also brings an aspect to the St. Louis Blues that we haven't really seen before, or at least in a long time. And that is like a speed superstar or like a skill superstar. It's almost like the guys over in Toronto, like Jordan Cairo, as much as he's done a good job of kind of weaning himself into a two-way player and doing all those little things and dumping the puck in and like we talk about finding the right play and getting into those puck battles at the end of the day I mean this guy is a speedster uh he loves the highlight reel plays he loves getting into the slot he loves ripping shots and that's just we haven't really seen a level of skill like that from a whole cohesive unit on the St. Louis Blues uh in a long time that's so focused on speed and so focused on agility like Jordan Cairo is. And I think Robert Thomas kind of fits that mold as well. And I think that's why so many people are excited about Jordan Cairo. It's not just because uh, people are expecting him to be a superstar, although, like I said, I think he will be. And it's not just because of his highlight reel goals, but it's because it's a it's a level of hockey that we haven't seen the St. Louis Blues do for so long. For so long, they've been a cycle the puck, get it deep, uh, grind them down, th- win two to one or three to two level team, and we're going out and putting up a seven four victory on the Arizona Coyote. And I think there was some stat um, f- from last year that was like the Blues never won a game last season by more than two goals or more than one goal or something like that. So that just that just tells you what kind of team this is. Like they're always going to play close. They're never going to uh, just absolutely blow teams out of the water, really consistently at least but this team right now and Jordan Cairo at the head of it uh, seems like they have the capability to do that and so hopefully uh, another step in doing that will be getting James Neal hot which is which is why I love seeing him uh, on the second line for the home opener hopefully it means getting Kyle Clifford going uh, and him stepping up into that enforcer role instead of Braden Shen because that's the entire reason that we brought him onto the team but we should talk about the defense too, because I think the defense has had fantastic off season, and they've kind of figured out the problems that they were facing last season, which was obviously focal point. And I believe Baruby talked about this too. Luke Horak was uh, clearing the space in front of the net and giving Jordan Bennington a chance, uh, not just with these two foot putbacks or these backdoor um, 
these backdoor passes where Jordan Bennington's just hung out to dry. Uh, it, it seems like they've made a focal point of expediting those and getting rid of them, and they've done a good job of that so far, so props to them. Marco Scandella is absolutely eating minutes, uh, looking like an absolute workhorse, and it seems like he's found some chemistry with his big brother, Colton Pareko. So you love to see that as well. Can't say anything negative there. Krug and Falk are doing their thing. Falk's already got a goal on the air, still waiting on Krug. But Krug's slinging the puck on the power play, and he's taking those one-time bombs that come back to him, which I feel like he consistently did in Boston. And last season, uh, it seems like I kind of missed that. Uh, more, at least he wasn't doing it as much as he did in Boston, that's for sure. So it seems like this team is trending in the right in the right direction. Obviously, we are uh, baby steps into the season thus far, so there's still a lot of time uh, for a ton of things to happen, and to, including injuries. But with the way this team looks right now, and not even having Oscar Sundquist in the lineup, who is essentially like one of the hearts of the team, in my opinion, uh, that bottom six is not the same without him, and that penalty kill is not the same without him. So. I think this team could be lethal down the stretch if Jordan Bennington plays like we expect from him, if this entire uh, forward group plays up to their expectations, and if this defense, I think the defense is the biggest question mark. If the defense can hold out, and uh, they don't even have to be fantastic, they just have to be mediocre, or they have to be average or okay, a little bit above average, uh, and this team will absolutely find itself in a playoff spot, and probably going deep into the playoffs, if I had to wager a guess. Now, if you want to wager a guess, you got to check out our friends over at Bet Online because they're back in better than ever. They've got a new web inter- interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports at Bet Online where the game starts when we come back we're going to round out today's episode with some final thoughts and i'm going to pick my locked on player of the game for the home opener st louis blues versus the los angeles kings so don't go anywhere All right, so some final thoughts here. I think the depth of the St. Louis Blues, obviously anyone that they go up against is going to have a hard time competing uh, with their depth right now, but I think the Kings uh, are going to be one of the teams in that group. And you've got Quick in net, which is obviously he's got the entire resume you want from uh, a star-studded goalie, but he seemed like he's been shaky at times. And it seems like once he gets a couple goals in the back of his net, he absolutely uh, begins to get frustrated. So whether it's Quick or whether it's Cal Peterson in net, I think the Blues have the upper hand in the goaltending department, or really every department if you look at them on paper. So, But I do think that goaltending is going to play a major factor in this um, because 
it seems like Kopitar is playing so well. Obviously, uh, the Kings now have Victor Arvidsson, who is a dynamic shooter in his own regard. And Kemp and Ayafalo can score too. And Philip Deneau is going to lock down anybody that he goes up against. So uh, that's one of the reasons I think depth is going to come into play here. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring opportunities for that bottom six because the Kings' bottom six doesn't stack up to ours as well. But I think those top six uh, might go toe-to-toe. And I think the Blues have the edge there, uh, but I don't think it's as far away as some of these other teams we've faced has been. So that being said, because I think the emphasis will be on the bottom six and because our bottom six consists of Barbashev, Thomas, Tarasenko, Neighbors, Bozak, and Clifford, as much as I would love to take Jake Neighbors again, because I think he's still due for his uh, first NHL goal, and I really want to see it happen, especially in the home opener, that would be absolutely electric, but I think there's a better story, maybe not a better story, but there's also a good story here in Vladimir Tarasenko's first home game back after requesting a trade. Obviously, fans have opinions of him, uh, whether it's positive or negative. He's still on our team. He's still going to be producing. He's still going to be playing hockey. And after the way he played against the Vegas Golden Knights, I think that confidence is going to be... uh, uh, He's going to build off that confidence, right? And especially in a home game, in Enterprise, with the fans welcoming him back like... I know and hope that they will, uh, giving him a standing ovation. What better way to come back home than uh, to score and be the locked-on player of the game and be the best player on the ice for the St. Louis Blues again in the home opener? So I'm going to take my locked-on player of the game to be Vladimir Tarasenko. Hopefully Robert Thomas uh, and and him can kind of uh, dive into that connection that Craig Berube seems to keep putting them on the same line and uh, wants to keep them together as a unit. But I'm excited for the home opener. I'm excited to talk more with you guys over this weekend. Uh, But I think that's all the time we have for today. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Locked on Blues podcast. Uh, Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening to. And you you can subscribe to us on YouTube and hit that notification bell. That way you get notified and never miss an episode. You can follow me on Twitter at 12trefifteen. You can follow my co-host, Josh Hyman, on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. But like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.